0: Welcome to Advantage Recovery Coaching's podcast, Leaders in Recovery. Today's episode is entitled, Ask Yourself the Right Questions and Get Rid of Stinkin' Thinkin'. Often when faced with constant struggles of recovering from an addiction, we get frustrated and down on ourselves and the people, places and things around us. This, in turn, negatively impacts our performance and productivity, as well as our leadership ability. So how do we handle this negativity in order to remain effective as leaders? Listen, and you'll find some quick tips for executives and other leaders on dealing with negative thinking associated with recovery from substance abuse or another addiction. First, pay attention to your inner dialogue about yourself, others, and the world. Write down some of that negative self-talk or stinking thinking. Putting your thoughts down on paper is one of the best ways to become aware of them. For example, you may say to yourself, Being upset and anxious like this is dangerous. I'm afraid it's going to lead to a relapse. I shouldn't have to deal with these feelings After all, I've stopped drinking. Shouldn't I be happy? This negative thinking may include distorted perceptions, self-defeating thoughts, and false limitations. And these perceptions, thoughts, and beliefs affect how you feel. And your feelings bring on actions negatively distorted thoughts and beliefs will create equally negative unpleasant feelings and negative unhealthy behavior. And all of this leads to the worst results. Again, if you want to turn it all around to be more positive, supportive, and empowering, it has to start at the root. Get at the roots if you want better fruits. And that means, tune in to your self-talk. Especially you notice those thoughts that appear with lightning quick speed, these automatic negative thoughts tend to drown out the more sensible ones. Although these automatic thoughts are usually wrong, they are convincing, very convincing. And the more you repeat the messages to yourself, the more convincing and the more permanent they become. Once you are aware of your self defeating thoughts, identify the distortions or errors in your thinking. Are you jumping to negative conclusions? Magnifying the negative and minimizing the positive? Overgeneralizing one negative event to represent a never ending pattern? Seeing things through gray tinted glasses as opposed to rose colored glasses? Are you attaching your worth to your productivity, achievements, or performance? Referring back to the irrational beliefs I just mentioned, you can see that they involve jumping to conclusions, magnifying the negative, and overgeneralizing. Once you pinpoint the errors in your thinking, you can correct them. Next, answer negative thoughts with more positive, realistic ones. For example, you would be better off thinking, I may not like being upset or anxious, but I can tolerate it. These feelings may not be pleasant or comfortable, but they're not awful, terrible, or disastrous either. Unpleasant feelings alone can't force me to drink if I choose not to do so. And anyways, where's the proof that life without alcohol will always be easy and comfortable? I'm just going to have to accept some uncomfortable feelings while I'm working on changing. I cannot always control all my emotions. But if I identify my irrational thoughts and beliefs and work hard to think more rationally, I can change my feelings. Finally, act on your new thoughts. If you use these three A's, you can overcome your negativity. One, become aware of your negative thinking. Two, answer or challenge negative thinking. And three, act on your new thoughts and beliefs. Once you begin catching yourself thinking negatively, challenge those thoughts, perceptions, and beliefs by looking at different ways to interpret the preceding or precipitating event. Some interpretations are closer to reality than others. Consider a range of possible explanations. Separate your thoughts from the objective, observable facts of the situation. Look at the facts. Observe and examine. Begin to question your assumptions. Here are some powerful questions you can ask yourself to challenge your negative, disempowering, self-limiting, non-supportive thoughts and beliefs. Number one, where is the evidence? Would this hold up in court? Just because you slip and have a drink one day doesn't mean you can't win or expect to succeed at recovery at all anymore. Just because an employee has a hard time getting started on a project doesn't mean he or she is useless or lazy. Give yourself and your employees a fair trial before you reach a conviction. Number two, am I making a mistake in assuming what caused what? Let's say you think your employee isn't doing exactly what you want her to do because of a personal vendetta or personality conflict with you. But management research tells us that inaction may not be insubordination at all. The employee may not even know what her performance is, that it's unsatisfactory. She may not know which specific tasks are supposed to be done, when, and how. There may be obstacles beyond the employee's control. He may not have the skills to do it. There may be negative consequences following performance. And the employee may not see the task as worth the time and effort. Number three, ask yourself, am I confusing thought with fact? For example, you call an employee a jerk because of some offending comment or action. When you call yourself or someone else names like that and believe them, you are ignoring all the other aspects of that person, both positive and negative. There is both positive and negative in everything, every person, every place, every event. Especially if you have misinterpreted something, this could mean trouble. Don't be so convinced of your thoughts. Look for the objective thoughts, or facts, rather. Take another example. Let's say you are thinking, I deserve a drink. Instead, tell yourself, even though it's unfair that I have this issue, drinking is not a wise choice for me. Number four, ask yourself, am I close enough to the situation to really know what's happening? One of my clients once said, My boss doesn't like my team's work and wants to get rid of us. Unless she asked her supervisor, how could she know what her supervisor was thinking? Isn't this a form of jumping to conclusions, like mind reading? I helped her rely on what we know as fact. Thus, her worry turned out to be false, unnecessary concern. Number five, ask yourself, am I seeing the world and thinking in all or nothing, either or terms? For example, you think, I'm bad because I have this addiction. Everyone else is good. They can drink without getting into trouble or dealing with these hassles. Nobody is a complete failure, nor is anybody perfect. Because we can learn from mistakes, almost nothing is a total waste of time. Just about everything exists in degrees. Everything falls on a continuum. So don't see anything as any extreme on a continuum, all or nothing. Number six, ask yourself, am I using ultimatums in my thinking? For example, you may think, I should always be nice, otherwise people won't like me. Or, I must get rid of these urges to drink and make them stop. This type of reasoning places unfair expectations on yourself. Actually, it is normal to experience urges and cravings. Everyone has them. You need to accept that. The fact that you have cravings does not indicate that you lack motivation. It just means that addiction can be strong. It will take time and practice changing your behaviors for these habits and urges to die. Watch how you respond to urges. View them as a sign to change something in your environment. For example, remove the sights, sounds, people, places, and things that tend to cause, triggers, or urges to drink, or use another substance, or engage in addictive behavior. Number seven, ask yourself, am I taking examples out of context? Am I taking this experience out of context? One client believed he'd been passed up for a promotion. He thought the CEO said that he was narrow-minded and rigid, When we spoke to the CEO about the promotion, we discovered that the CEO actually said he really has high principles. The client had taken a positive recommendation out of context, which resulted in his negative thinking. Number eight, ask yourself, am I being honest with myself? Am I denying the truth or trying to fool myself? Am I making excuses or misplacing the blame? One of my clients claimed that her team was performing poorly because she was given too much responsibility to be an effective leader. Her mantra was, this is what they get for dumping so much on me. Upon further examination, sharpening her skills made her more effective as a leader. As it turned out, she wasn't so overloaded after all. She just needed to organize and simplify her work while changing her attitude. Where am I getting my information? Consider your sources. People have reasons, their reasons, for what they tell you. Objectively analyze whether you are depending on reliable sources or doom and gloom predictors who may be threatened by your success and or have an agenda of their own. Don't let negaholics stop you. Number 10. Ask yourself, am I considering a low probability event, a high probability one, or a likely one? A client of mine once lamented, I'm so anxious, I need a drink. They'll probably fire me for my team's dip in productivity. But once we examined it, he began to ask himself instead, when was the last time they fired a manager as soon as their team showed some trouble? And just because I'm anxious, that means I need a drink? That's just ridiculous. Number 11. Ask yourself, am I assuming every situation is the same, jumping to negative conclusions? Am I overgeneralizing? Just because you forgot one detail doesn't mean you'll keep forgetting things and that you're losing your mind. One incident doesn't necessarily mean a never-ending pattern. Number 12. Ask yourself, am I overlooking my strengths? When my clients become negative over their recovery struggles, they overlook their strengths and the problems they've solved. But I'm continually amazed at their ability to handle adversity once they turn their thinking around. Ask yourself how you handled similar situations in the past. What did you do that worked? Once you identify your past successes, do it again. For example, you may have the irrational thought, I must be self-destructive or I wouldn't do these destructive things. In reality, people usually seek immediate pleasure or immediate relief from or avoidance of pain and discomfort. They don't usually do things to harm themselves or others. You may appear self-destructive because you continued behaviors that led to bad consequences. When you began drinking or your other addictive behavior, there were payoffs. But over time, as your habit grew stronger and stronger, the negative consequences outweighed the positive. Think of your last slip, for example. Were you thinking, I want to ruin my health, waste my money, alienate friends and family, ruin my career, annihilate my self-respect, or die early? Or were you just focused on how good it would feel? You may have just... Failed to look at the big picture and instead focused on the most immediate, short-term relief from pain or promise of pleasure. Number 13. Ask yourself, what do I want? What are my goals? Do I want to be happy? Is this negative thinking helping me get what I want? Or is it just hurting my chances at success? For example, you may have the unrealistic thought, I drink or use substances simply because I want to. Actually, while it may once have been true, it is most likely more complicated now. You may be so confused about your urges or foggy from years of ac- of addiction that you have a difficult time identifying the sequence of triggers and your response. In your confusion, you might not see the big picture and mistakenly conclude that you are behaving in a certain way because you choose to or want to. Actually, it is a biochemical condition that you have a disease. And that disease changes your body, even at the cellular level, to make those urges and cravings cause you to drink or use or engage in other addictive behavior. 14. Ask yourself how can I solve this problem? Are my thoughts leading to solutions or more problems? If your employees, for example, are arguing and you cannot attend a conference because the travel budget has been cut, thinking about the unfairness of it all doesn't solve anything. Focus on what you can do instead of complaining about the current state of affairs. Number fifteen, ask yourself, Am I asking myself questions that have no answers? For example, asking yourself, Why me? Or, What if something awful happens? Could be answered, Why not? Or, So what if it does? Asking yourself these types of questions do not help you find solutions. It's just another way of demanding others and the world in which they exist change for us to be happy. Besides, whatever you ask your brain, it's going to find a solution. It's going to find an answer. So you might as well ask yourself only positive questions. So instead of asking yourself, what if something awful happens? Ask yourself, what if I succeed at this? why am i so successful those questions are much more rational and beneficial for you sixteen ask yourself what are the advantages and disadvantages of thinking this way for example there are probably few or no advantages to thinking i hate this job these employees are so incompetent the disadvantage of this type of thinking is that you don't enjoy the positives or strengths of the job or any other subject matter for that matter. Seventeen, ask yourself what difference will this make in a week, a year, or five years? Will anyone remember, let alone care, in ten years that I made this mistake or put my foot in my mouth or offended somebody? Executives struggling with an addiction may make careless mistakes due to their distraction, impulsivity, and preoccupation with recovery tasks. What's worse, they tend to believe that their mistakes will be remembered for years to come. However, that is not true. People aren't looking at you under a microscope, as you may imagine. Now, let's look at some of the obstacles to eliminating your stinking thinking. Unless you think of the obstacles, you may get frustrated with yourself. Here are six obstacles to eliminating your thinking errors. One, positive or negative reinforcement. People receive positive or negative reinforcement for believing a certain thought. For example, a thought such as, most People are selfish SOBs. This thought gives you the feeling of superiority or domination over others. This is one of the most positive rewards you can get from a thought, making it very difficult for you to abandon it and challenge it and think something differently. Number two, social support or pressure. If a lot of your friends, relatives, and or acquaintances believe the twisted thought, you may feel a lot of social pressure to maintain it. If you change the thought, you will be at odds with your social support network, and holding on to the belief may be necessary to maintain social or family ties. Adherence to Values Irrational thinking is almost always attached to a fundamental personal value. Changing the belief will undermine its value. For example, if you have difficulty disputing the belief, it's always my fault because they believe or because you believe your religious convictions require you to feel like you have sinned and therefore should feel guilty. You may rationalize if I start thinking I'm not a sinner, then I'm committing another sin. So, the answer to this is to ease up on yourself and realize that every human being is imperfect. No one needs to be guilty about making a mistake. Desire for self determination, strength, and independence. You might refuse to argue against your thoughts because you like to be self-determined, contrary, or questioning what others tell you to do. To follow instructions or succumb to someone's wishes is considered giving into another person. It makes some people feel gullible and weak. If this describes you, understand that we are all interdependent human beings. Listening to someone else, following their instructions doesn't make you weak or gullible. Impatience with effort. Challenging your stinking thinking requires a lot of effort. Many people simply do not want to make the effort, even though they want the positive results of thinking more rationally. If you usually seek immediate gratification, and are unwilling to wait for effort to bring results, I may be describing you. The answer to this is to develop the patience and put in the effort to make change happen. Number six obstacle and the final obstacle to eliminating negative thinking regarding addiction and recovery. Seeing anxiety as beneficial you may perceive changing your self-talk as dangerous. You hold on to irrational thoughts and beliefs because the anxiety or other pleasant, unpleasant feelings they evoke have some payoff or benefit to you. For example, you may maintain a thought such as, If I'm not constantly worried about taking that next drink, I may let my guard down and relapse. This, in effect, protects you from danger, but it also creates a lot of anxiety, strengthening your triggers and cravings. In summary, remember the three A's. Become aware of your negative thinking. Answer or challenge your negative thinking with positive, rational, empowering, and supportive thinking. And third, act on your new thoughts and beliefs so that you get better results. If you change your negative, self-limiting, disempowering, non-supportive thoughts and beliefs, you can change the feelings that follow as well as the behaviors resulting. Thank you for listening to our podcast today leaders in recovery check out our website www.advantedgerecoverycoaching that's a d v a n t e d g e recoverycoaching.com for blogs on more topics like those mentioned in this episode what's in store in the next episode We will be talking about the difference between recovery coaching and other forms of help, such as addictions counseling. If you've stayed to the end, you've probably enjoyed the episode we've put together for you, so please subscribe to the podcast, share Leaders in Recovery, or tell a friend about it. Remember, people in recovery can't do it alone. Life doesn't end after you quit drinking or other addictions. Recovery is possible. You can do it. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Leaders in Recovery. Check out our website for blogs on similar topics like this one we can be found at advantedgerecoverycoaching.com That's advantedge with the word edge in it instead of age. recoverycoaching.com A-D-V-A-N-T-E-D-G-E recoverycoaching.com If you stayed to the end, you've probably enjoyed this episode we've put together for you. So please subscribe to the podcast share it or tell a friend about it remember people in recovery can't do it alone life doesn't end after you quit recovery is possible with the help of leaders in recovery you can do it welcome to advantage recovery coaching's podcast leaders in recovery. Have you ever wondered how you can stay in recovery for good? By overcoming the obstacles and getting out of your own way? Well, that's exactly what our podcast is about, recovery from the inside out. I'm Barbara Jordan. In my executive recovery coaching practice, I help executives and other high earners achieve successful, enjoyable recovery. One of the most important parts of a leader's recovery is to keep learning. These podcasts are perfect for even the busiest lifestyle and can be listened to in the comfort of your own home, during your commute to work, on the go, any other time that you need a little inspiration.